We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself Where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions As an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. I think if it is true that there are as many minds as there are heads, then there are as many kinds of love as there are hearts. And this is from Leo Tolstoy and uh, from his book, Anna Karenina. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Brigitte Gia and today's theme is the gift of diversity. And I'm Jovan Hundle. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit www.bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you too can be a part of our mission to increase literacy and positive message media. Be The Star You Are needs your donations to help us help those in distress by providing books and other resources. Please donate today at bethestarur.org, and you can even donate through PayPal Giving Fund with no additional fees. Alrighty, so we're joined in this first segment by Express Yourself reporter and host Zara Hassanain. She's bringing back her Hope Heals segment today, and she's centering it around the link between hope and diversity. Hi, Zara! Hi, everyone. So I'm glad to be back. It's been a while. Um, Today, I'll be discussing some of the diversity work I do um, at school and um, just talking about how it gives me hope for my community, um, which is a community that, you know, sometimes I haven't had the most hope in. um, Sometimes I haven't been the most proud of. um, Yet through my diversity work, I've really found a source of hope. Um, So just to start off with some thoughts. Um, I've always thought that, you know, the paradox of existence is that our differences unite us. Yet as African-American kids die in the streets, Muslim girls' headscarves are ripped off, and women of color are excluded from the feminism that claims to empower them. Some differences are demonized while others are exalted. Too often, diversity is seen as a pill to be grudgingly swallowed rather than as a path to a respectful society. But if there's anything I've learned um, from my work with diversity at school, it's that as tempting as it is to blindly preach tolerance, it's more imperative to engender love and mutual understanding. And that's precisely why I consider my social justice work to be my single greatest growth experience throughout high school and one of the things that has provided me the most hope. Um, You know, for years I've been told um, in history textbooks by, um, you know, regular everyday Americans that America was the land of opportunity, the melting pot. Um, But, you know, after reading hardly anything in our history textbooks about the thousands of different skins, cultures, and traditions that define America, I realized that I wasn't the only one questioning the exclusion of these critical experiences and wondering, you know, if America really is a melting pot, then why don't we celebrate more than just 
um, the like, you know, monolithic white experience. Um, and so, you know, to fill the suffocating silence around um, social justice at my high school, Miramani, um, and to sort of uplift the voices of those who I felt were really being excluded, um, not only in our history textbooks, but in our school on a daily basis, um, I founded a group called Equiteam as a community space to have candid conversations around issues related to historically marginalized groups, um, not only um, having to do with race, but also gender, ethnicity, etc. Um, and so, you know, from leading dialogues about equity alongside local activists and packed auditoriums to urging more diversity in our curriculum, Equiteam was my chance to bring awareness to my campus about the privilege that comes with living in a predominantly white city um, that I live in, a predominantly rich city as well. Um, but, you know, I found that still, even despite my efforts, a lot of people resented um, not only my activism, but also the activism of um, a lot of Equiteam members who were, you know, um, working hard every day to sort of, um, you know, allow people to appreciate diversity. Um, and a lot of people get really defensive when you tell them that, you know, your community isn't a little perfect white bubble. Um, they start really denying the racism that plagues not only our campus, but our community. Um, and I think probably like the most stark reminder for us over the past like couple of years that, you know, racism is still alive and well, even in an enlightened little suburb um, is last year um, when someone carved the N-word into an African-American boy's locker. Um, and it was just, you know, this stark reminder that hate isn't confined to certain areas or states as we often think. You know, we often think, oh, the South is where racism is. It's not in the Bay Area. It's not in liberal havens like the ones we live in. Um, but I think, you know, instead of letting people forget that bigotry, I decided, you know, we really need to launch a student response. Um, and so... Basically, um, you know, like usually when this kind of stuff happens, which occasionally it does, um, all that really happens is that the administration goes on, the, uh, administrators go on the loudspeaker and they, you know, condemn the action for like two seconds and then everybody sort of just whispers about it and then forgets about it. Um, but yeah, so I just really wanted to launch like a student response to the situation because it seems like students never really get to organize against these things. Um, so we decided to, you know, it was like the end of school, so we didn't have that much time, but we decided to chalk up the campus with messages advocating love, hope, and action. Um, and, you know, we all sort of spread it around our social media and stuff as well, just to make sure that people don't forget that, you know, this kind of stuff still happens. Um, and, you know, there's definitely been a lot of obstacles along the way. Um, there's been threats to vandalize our posters, harass the speakers and activists that we um, invite, but you know, I think despite this, I'm emboldened and I still hold a lot of hope um, because I realize that you know my work isn't frivolous; it's critical. You know, like harassment is just a reminder that people you know have to be uncomfortable before change can truly occur. Um, and I think it's those small victories, whether it's chalking up a campus, whether it's you know a kid asking a really good question to one of our speakers. Um, those small victories are really what give me hope for my community, give me hope for my school and my um, peers. Um, and I just, you know, I have this memory um, of when we hosted a cultural fair this year um, at my high school. Um, at the end, um, just sort of like, this wasn't even planned, but it just kind of happened. Um, I found myself linking arms with a Persian boy on my right arm, a Latina girl on my left arm, and we were all learning a Jewish dance um, at the fair. And I heard this girl uh, near me, She, yeah, you know, she said, oh, you know, I just came to this thing for the extra credit, um, but this is the most fun I've had throughout high school. 
Um, and, you know, like just the idea that diversity isn't, you know, a pill that we grudgingly swallow, but it ac- actually can be really fun when you learn about other cultures. And like, it's not just like, you know, like you have to have super hard conversations about race and like diversity and all. It's also, you know, you can have fun with it as well. Um, cultural appreciation um, doesn't always have to be, you know, a very uh, serious, grave sort of thing. Um, and I just think, you know, those small expressions uh, and like experiences um, of a shift in mindset remind me that in order to make a global impact, you really have to start with your own community first and foremost. Um, and, you know, finding hope in those small acts of activism help people see the beauty of diversity um, more than anything. Um, and so most recently, um, one thing that, like, has given me a lot of hope is that um, with regard to, like, diversity work is that um, my school district um, proposed this ban on inter-district transfers. And so what that means is that um, they said that people who don't, attend or who don't live in like the area that I live in um can't attend the schools can't attend like my school and the other schools in my district um because like they cost like more money basically under our new funding plan to fund these students um and that was really appalling to um a lot of students at our school because um you know we just found that these students who come from Richmond and which is like a nearby um city and like Richmond and Oakland and um, Concord, um, who were like coming in as interdistrict transfers, we just found that they bring so much diversity, not only of like skin color and ethnicity, but also of like experience and just like opinions. And it's just like such a, um, like, you know, it's just like been such a huge part of my high school experience and such a huge part of everyone's high school experience to like have these students who don't necessarily, who haven't grown up in this little suburb their whole life at our school. Um, and so, um, people were pretty inflamed. And so I got together some people from Equiteam and other inter-district transfers, um, that I know. And we went to protest at a school board meeting, um, against this ban. And, you know, I really thought we were going to go in there and nothing was going to happen because like, you know, the school board is all powerful. They have their own agenda. They, you know, usually sort of just don't really care about, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, they care about students, but like, in the end, they're going to make that out to make. Um, but they actually voted to pause the ban and vote on it next year. They saw that, you know, there wasn't a lot of community dialogue on the issue. Students were really concerned about this. Um, and so, yeah, just I think, you know, my um, diversity work, hope it's given me for the future, um, is the reason that, you know, I can't wait to get involved with activist groups in college um, and move my campus forward with a more progressive um, because I think it's really heroes who often have the sweetest songs and I'm admitting those songs resound throughout, you know, the narrative. Wow, Zara, that's really incredible. I think it's amazing that you were able to gather this force of students and, you know, go from the bottom to the top and really affect change. I know that in my region, there's also a bit of a, you know, a complication with these inter-district transfers uh, where the schools don't seem to have the room and the funds. So do you have, I know you've probably obviously done a lot of extensive research on this and having gathered everybody around to rally against this sort of, you know, 
let's let's be real discriminatory uh, policy. But I wanted to ask if you had any any ideas for reconciling that problem of budget and space versus that necessary diversity to the community. Yeah, for sure. Um, so in terms of space, actually, it's always been the district policy that they only accept inter-district transfers when there is space, when the school isn't being impacted, when class sizes aren't being impacted. Um, and actually, at, um, two of the schools in our school district out of the four high schools, um, those uh, two schools like aren't impacted you know, whatsoever. They actually have a lot of space, including my school. They have a lot of space to take in more inter-district transfers like they have in the past. Um, and so that it's really not really a problem of space. Um, it's more like a problem of money, um, from, you know, what I've learned, there's definitely a lot of like, like, you know, you have to sacrifice things. So like, if you're going to pay for the transfers, then you're going to have to cut another program or you're going to have to take some money out of your reserves and stuff. So it's tricky. Um, but you know, we're working with the district to find better solutions, um, and, you know, solutions that won't. Um, put a price tag on something as invaluable as the contributions that these inter-district transfers make. Well, thank you so much, Zara, for all your insight. It was a wonderful segment to listen to. And the hope that you bring with your segments, with your activism, it's very inspiring. Um, Listeners, be sure to also support our show and these amazing segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program. Uh, We have lots of fun events coming up, so be sure to also check out www.bethestarur.org and follow our blog there. A shout-out of gratitude to Michael Verbrug Construction, who is sponsoring our booth at the Moraga Fair. I'm Jovan Hundle. And I'm Brigitte Gia. Be the star you are founder and Express Yourself producer Cynthia Bryan has actually just authored a brand new book titled Growing with the Goddess Gardener. And it's now available at CynthiaBryan.com online hyphen store with 25% of proceeds benefiting Be the Star You Are and Express Yourself. Make sure you watch our fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash be the star you are to keep up with our charity and the radio. Keep listening as we continue our conversation about the gift of diversity. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our uplifting and inspiring program. I'm Jolyn Hundle, and you're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, which is brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. Today's show is centered all around the gift of diversity. 
And I'm Brigitte Chia. On the show with us today for this segment is innovational blogger, author, and LGBTQIA plus activist, Lee Wind. Lee is an author, blogger, and make the world a better placer. He's the openly gay founding blogger of I'm Here, I'm Queer, What the Hell Do I Read? An award-winning bo- blog about books, culture, and empowerment for lesbian, gay, bi, trans, questioning, and queer youth and their allies. For over 10 years, readers from a hundred, more than 100 countries have racked up 2.4 million page views and counting. Lee's Clark Kent positions are the director of marketing and programming at the Independent Book Publishers Association and the official blogger for the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. His Superman job, however, is writing, <laughs> inspired by inspired by our world's amazing and untold LGBTQ history. Lee's YA novel, Queer as a $5 Bill, was too controversial for traditional publishing, so Lee crowdfunded both publishing, um, publishing the book and donating hundreds of copies to LGBTQ and allied teens. In the novel, a bullied and closeted 15-year-old boy goes public with real historical evidence that Abraham Lincoln was in love with another guy, and he triggers a backlash and media firestorm that changes his life. With that, let's welcome Lee onto the show to speak about the premise of his groundbreaking new work and his other support for the LGBTQIA plus community. Hi, Lee. Hi, Brigitte. Hi, Jovin. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you for being on. We're very excited to hear from you today. Yeah, sure. So I, I know that a lot of LGBTQIA plus history is glossed over. You have Eleanor Roosevelt's relationship being just straight up denied. You have all of these figures who have had relations with, you know, people uh, that are not part of that heterosexual norm. And I was surprised, though, to hear that Abraham Lincoln may have had a relationship that was, again, outside of this heterosexual norm. So I I just want to ask if you have any more information about that, if you have any research that you'd like to share with us. Yeah, lots. Thank you. So, yeah, it's almost like history gets sanitized, and I'm doing little air bunny quotes around that, to protect (laughs) kids and teens. And you end up having all this information that is available publicly, but it's sort of buried under this mountain of other stuff And we really avoid talking about it. And we certainly avoid teaching it to teens and to kids. Um, Another great example is Mahatma Gandhi had a relationship with Herman Kallenbach, uh, another guy. And it was like they described it as like the the main passionate love affair of their lives. Um, One reviewer called it, uh, one one novel, sorry, one biographer called it uh, that they were soulmates. And yet when that book gets published for adults, it's like two pages of a 500-page biography. The book gets banned in certain states in India. Um, But that got it in the New York Times where I read about it. And I was like, what? Um, And then I went and I, you know, did the research and I found out the, I found the letters that between the two of them and it kind of blew my mind. And so similarly, I feel like with Lincoln, there, there are these primary source documents of letters he wrote Joshua Fry's speed. And I think that maybe there are two things going on. One is that historians that do know don't want to kind of be the person that says, oh my gosh, Lincoln was in love with another guy. But also I feel like the lens that we use of history is kind of weird. Like in America, we're very hung up about sex. And if 
And I think the word homosexual doesn't really help. So if we were maybe talking about love rather than sex, if we weren't saying, prove to me that Lincoln had sex with another man, but instead we were saying, hey, can we talk about maybe if Lincoln was in love with another guy, what that may have done in terms of changing his perspective and maybe it affected his view on slavery or on being an outsider. I mean, history starts to blow apart in all these amazing different possibilities when you think about, well, who loved whom? And that's a much more interesting question. And using that lens, you actually can go back and look at the primary source materials and everyone can kind of make their own determination. Uh, I, I didn't come out till I was in my 20s. And so I spent my teenage years dating girls and pretending uh, that it was, it felt right, but it didn't, never felt right. I always judged that it was the right thing to do. I, like, it's what my immigrant parents wanted. It's what society told me I should be doing, but I never felt what I knew I was supposed to feel. And then in one of the letters that Abraham writes, Joshua, it's, it's, um, they, they lived together for four years and then Joshua is left and is married a woman and it's eight months later and Abraham asks him, are you now in feeling as well as in judgment, glad that you're married as you are? From anybody but me, this would be an impudent question not to be tolerated. I know you'll tolerate it in me. And then he ends it saying, you know, tell me quickly. I'm, I'm very impatient to know. And we don't have the answer because um, Mary burned all their personal correspondence when they moved to Washington. But we do know that it was only a, a few weeks later that Abraham married Mary Todd. So when you start to look at it from that perspective, to me, uh, the more research I did, I just became more and more convinced that like, oh my gosh, I think Abraham Lincoln was in love with this guy, Joshua Fry Speed. And then I just kept thinking, if I'd known this when I was a teenager, it would have changed my whole life. I mean, we have this cult of adoration about Lincoln, that he was this, you know, perfect person and he suffered depression and he, he struggled so, but he kind of saved the union and he freed the slaves and we I don't, he's on Mount Rushmore. He's on every $5 bill and every penny. And yet I don't think that we're getting to know the whole story. So that's where I started writing and doing more research. And I ended up writing two different books. One was a novel about a 15-year-old boy that discovered the same thing I discovered and had that same sort of goosebump moment. And, uh, and then he decides he's going to tell the world because everyone loves Lincoln and it kind of all blows up in his face. And that, that's the novel. And then I, as I was researching the novel, there were so many other pieces of evidence that I couldn't cram into a, a good story about a teen today. So I thought, oh, you know, this is a nonfiction book also, but it's not just about Lincoln and Speed. It, it's about Eleanor Roosevelt and her relationship with Lorena Hickok. And it's about the Pharaoh Hatshepsut who lived... 22, more than 2,000 years ago and changed their gender over a course of 22 years from being presented completely as a woman to being presented completely as a man with a big chunk in the middle of being presented as someone of both genders. Yeah. Um, and I, so I thought, oh, that's really cool, right? It's a, it'll be a book about 15 different people and it'll present the primary source materials to kids and let them read it themselves. And like I, we know what hundreds of years of historians think and I know what I think, but let me pre- let me put it out there and let kids make their own decision. And I was super excited that that book actually sold three years ago to one of the major publishers. 
Um, and everything was going great. And I wrote the book because the way books, nonfiction books work is that you sell them on proposal. And then uh, it was all going great. And then um, our current president, Trump, was elected. And the, the environment really changed. The culture changed. And uh, two weeks later, I got a call that they were not going to publish the book. And that's when I decided I needed to do something about that. And I just couldn't, I couldn't let it sit. And um, we didn't find, my agent didn't find another traditional publisher to do it. So I decided I'm self-publishing it. So I'm starting with, uh, with the novel and I did a crowdfunding in in January, February of this year, and we crowdfunded in six days, and we raised enough money to both publish the novel and to donate 810 copies of the book to LGBTQ and ally teens, which mm-hmm. is really, really exciting. And the novel comes out on October 2nd of yeah. this year. That is absolutely incredible. And you know what? I I, I kind of see that, that similarity, to say, between you and your your hero or the the teen in the book who you know discovered like he discovers this knowledge about Abe Lincoln and he can't let it sit you know he has to get it out there so I think it's absolutely amazing that you know even though you had your setbacks and this did happen and we do have our current administration who (laughs) that is not exactly the friendliest or the most open to any sort of diversity, any sort of equality. Uh, but even with that in place, you were able to get this out. And, you know, there's so many different interesting figures in history, especially where you, when you mentioned uh, the pharaoh, uh, Hatshepsut. Um, her or their, their records were just obliterated from ancient history, you know, just removed by later pharaohs and uh, Eleanor's letters were burned, I think, by her daughter. Yep. So yep. All they of sat this... around the campfire and burned all the all, the, all yeah. the most incriminating letters. But crazy enough, there the letters that we do that still remain are are amazing and very romantic. And there's one where they, they talk about um, Lorena saying how much she misses kissing the northeast corner of Eleanor's lips. <laughs> you're like, okay, that's pretty romantic. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, and yet you're right. I mean, what you were saying is completely true, that, that his, historians pretend that it, it couldn't possibly, I mean, they wore pearls. How could they possibly have been women that loved other women? Um, and it's just, it, it, yeah, it, it is crazy making. But yeah, when, once you start to know and you see I have this metaphor about lighthouses, and I think that um, it's like this, once you crack this facade of history that we're all taught, right, that history is made by white, rich, straight, cisgendered men, um, and that's it. Those are the only people that are important in history. Once you kind of break that open, and all this light comes pouring out of history, and you start to see these stories of all these other people and it gets really exciting. And that's why, like, on the cover of, of the novel of Queer as a $5 Bill, there's um, the tagline is, what if you knew a secret from history that could change the world? Because that's really the, the problem that the main character faces, because suddenly he discovers this secret about Lincoln maybe being in love with another guy. And, like, what is he going to do about it? Because it, it really could change the world. And what I like in a sort of meta way is that everyone that hears this story can go and read the letters themselves and make their own determination and and find these secrets from history. And then the question's really on them, on, on you. 
like, what are you going to do about it? Like, when, when this stuff is taught in schools, you know, in your classroom, are you going to raise your hand and be like, um, I've actually heard that Hatshepsut changed their gender, you know, or um, I actually read that, I read the letters that Eleanor and Lorena wrote each other, and they were very clearly in love. Um, and we can start to open it up because it's going to take leadership by teens, I think, for things to really shift. Absolutely. Wow, that was su- such amazing information, such inspiring work that you're doing. It's giving me a lot of food for thought, and I'm sure Brigitte as well. Um, well wow, thanks. thank you so much for sharing all that. I, th- I want to thank you so much, Lee, for an incredible discussion. Unfortunately, we are out of time for this segment, but we will be continuing our conversation in the next portion of the show. Uh, audience, to learn more about Lee and his amazing work with the LGBTQIA plus community, go to his blog, I'm Here, I'm Queer, What the Hell Do I Do? at www.leewin.org, spelled L-E-E-W-I-N-D, and also follow him on his Twitter, where he has a username at Lee Wind as well. Make sure to also visit www.bethestarur.org for more information about Express Yourself and Be The Star You Are. I'm Joven Humdel. And I'm Brigitte Gia. If you are a fan of baseball and live in Northern California, Be The Star You Are has actually been chosen as the nonprofit of the night for the June 15th baseball game between the Oakland A's and the Los Angeles Angels. Tickets are tax deductible and discounted to only $32 for second tier field seats. So make sure you are visiting our charity site at bethestarur.org slash events to buy your tickets today. We're also actually selling raffle tickets for $5 each for two lucky individuals to win a field visit to watch batting practice and meet the players of the teams on a different day. Two of these lucky pairs will each win this awesome opportunity from us, so make sure you go to bethestarur.org slash events to meet Major League Baseball players. Stay right here with us as we continue our discussion on the gift of diversity. Show the world your smile, be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. 
I'm Brigitte Gia, and our program is Express Yourself, giving teens, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. For this edition of Express Yourself, we're continuing our eye-opening conversation on the gift of diversity. And I'm Jovan Hundle. Joining us again is the fascinating author and equal rights advocate, Lee Wendt. Lee wanted a book that would have changed his life if he'd read it as a teen. So he wrote it for the thousands of teens who needed such a book, and it's called Queer as a $5 Bill. In the novel, a bullied and closeted 15-year-old boy goes public with real historical evidence that Abraham Lincoln was in love with another guy, triggering a backlash and media firestorm to bring attention to discrimination faced by the LGBTQIA community. The novel is serialized on Lee's blog, One Chapter a Week, so it's free for everyone, forever. But there's a journey a reader takes with the book in hand, and thanks to the community, Queer as a $5 Bill will be published as a book on October 2nd, 2018. Lee's blog, I'm Here, I'm Queer, What the Hell Do I Read, has reached an audience of over 2 million people, many of them young LGBTQIA readers themselves, who are often at a loss for what literature to delve into that might represent them accurately. Lee's book publication has been successfully crowdfunded, and more than 800 copies of Queer as a $5 Bill have been donated to LGBTQIA plus and allied teens in the status quo. And with that, let's welcome Lee back onto the show. Hi, Lee. Hi, thanks, uh, Jovan and Brigitte. Yeah, we're, again, so happy to have you here. You've given us some awesome answers, info, everything. And so I wanted to just um, jump right in then and ask about, so, you know, your book, it's really grading more than even just covering up the history. I think the most grading thing about this entire ordeal is that if this history wasn't covered up, you know, it really would have helped LGBTQIA plus people. As you said, you know, yourself growing up, if you had known that all these idolized, these icons of a civilization were in fact in love with same-sex individuals, you know, this really would have changed maybe your coming out process, your entire life, honestly. And so I feel like that's the most grating part of this all. And so then I wanted to ask you, so when your book comes out, what are you hoping that it will do to the community? So if if I could have anything, I mean, I I think that, you know, five years ago, I would have said, I want a time machine so I can go back (laughs) and hand my book to myself or or just like whisper in my own ear uh, something so I wouldn't have to waste so much time not being my authentic self. Um, Given that I don't have a time machine, I feel like it's even better that I get to share it with teens today, with, with your generation, because I want... I want people to be able to be authentic now. And that's really like I have over my desk, my goal to empower teens and everyone else to be authentic and to celebrate the diversity of that. But it's so hard to sort of get in that place of celebrating diversity when it's kind of hard to be different and to kind of empower others to feel like it's safe, that they can be themselves and they don't have to hide and they don't have to pretend. I feel like that's really everything that I'm about. And what I'm hoping is that through my blog and now through the books that that message will get spread and people will feel safe. I mean, one of the reasons I started the blog was that there really was no safe space online to find out about what were the books with LGBTQ characters and themes. Um, like you could go to Amazon and you'd get a handful of things, but there was no comprehensive list. And even on Amazon, 
the the reviews were never didn't feel safe. That they there wasn't necessarily outright hate speech. There were a couple. But there were reviews, like there was this one really sweet picture book about diversity by Todd Parr. And it's like a, it's like a picture book for really young kids, and it's very cartoony. And um, it's all about different kinds of families. It's called the family book. And you, you turn a page, and there's like a picture of a dog family. And they're like, some families look the same. And you turn the page, and it's a tree with all these different kinds of animals in it. And they're like, some families look different. And then you turn the page, and it's like, some families adopt children. And it's five ducks, and then there's a penguin on the back of one of the ducks. Um, and then you turn the page, and it's like, and it's, uh, some families have two moms and two dads. And there's a picture of two women and, and two men. Uh, and then you just keep going, and it, it's a lovely, sweet, sweet book for the youngest kids. And there was actually a review that said, if you tear out the page that includes the two moms and two dads, this is a lovely book on diversity. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's not even, that's the thing, that's not even the meaning of diversity. How can you say that? And that's so, oh, that's. I know, Brigitte, that was exactly my reaction. I got so upset, and I, and I was like, you know what? No, there has to be somewhere safe that people can go and find out what are the really great picture books with uh, about two mom and two dad families and what are the YA novels. So, so that's why I started Queer as a Five Dollar. Sorry, well, that's why I started. I'm here. I'm queer. What the hell do I read? Um, ten, a little more than ten years ago, because I really wanted there to be a safe space. And then I started talking about books and I started talking about empowerment. And look, it's ten years later. There we go. That's absolutely incredible. And, I, you know, I actually, on the subject of opening dialogue and creating that conversation, I, I wanted to ask about denial because I, I've often, I'm not going to lie, I have a close family member that has, he has different views than I do about equality and about diversity. And so I've, I've often said, you know, look, these figures from history were not the norm, quote unquote, you know, Leonardo da Vinci, Tchaikovsky, yeah. these these different figures, they they were not heterosexual. They were not falling in love with people of this opposite gender. And this family member is denying, he's like, no, that's not true. That's what this certain political party wants you to think. And so what do you do when that happens, when you're um, at... Yeah, yeah, I'm so glad you asked this, Brigitte, because I, I felt a lot like you did. I just, I, my gosh, how can people be so, like, blind to the actual, like, facts that are there? But then I, I read something that really changed my whole life, and it, it goes back to that lighthouse thing. There's an author here, her name is Anne Lamott, and she wrote a book called Bird by Bird, and it has lots of great uh, advice on writing and, and on life, basically. But there's one quote she says that lighthouses don't run all over an island looking for boats to save. They just stand there and they shine. And I realized that when I'm, if I'm trying to convince somebody of something, it's like when you're trying to really convince somebody of something, you sort of lean in because you're so excited and you want them to get it. And when somebody does that to you, I don't know if you've noticed, but you sort of lean back, right? Like our, our instinct is to sort of, whoa, right? Like you're, you're pushing something on me and I don't know that I want it. So instead of trying to convince people that I'm right about history and they're wrong, I, I, I completely took a different tack. And now I just think of it like I'm a lighthouse. And I have this really cool thing that I've discovered and I'm shining a light on it. And if people want to come over to the light and, and, be, and, and be in that light, that's awesome. And if they don't, 
hey, watch out, there's some rocks over there, but <laughs> it's not my problem. <laughs> and, and similarly to coming out, like, that was a really huge thing for me. Like when I finally got to the point where I was willing to be authentic and, and live my truth and, and be honest about how I felt, suddenly the burden wasn't on me anymore. If somebody had a problem with it, it was kind of their problem. And that included family members, right? Like I, I had a very difficult coming out process and experience, but ultimately it worked out and, and my life got really amazing. I'm married to a guy. We've been together 21 years. We have a teenage daughter. Um, Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. I'm, I'm so, so blessed, but it wouldn't have been possible unless I took that step of being authentic. And, um, and that's why it's like, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be a lighthouse. And, um, you know, the book is just another light shining from this lighthouse. And I don't need to convince people. And I don't know that, that, that anybody needs to convince anybody else. I think we can just shine our light. And, and that takes a lot of that emotional, like, you're making me crazy by not listening kind of thing out of the equation and just be like, hey, this is this really cool stuff. I'm a smart person. I can sit down. I can read it. I can make my own determination. And I feel like if when we do that, when we give other people agency, it's almost like it defangs it, right? Like you, rather than trying to argue with that family member, just be like, hey, I'll, I'll challenge you, right? Like, why don't you read it and then you decide? Um, and, and if you see a different conclusion than I do, you know, that's fine. But I know what I think. And no one can, you know, no one has the power to, to, to change what you know to be true in your heart um, and, what, and what you've figured out. And I feel like let's give agency back to everybody and not have people, not have schools only teach Romeo and Juliet and Hamlet and not talk about the 126 love sonnets that Shakespeare wrote to another guy, um, which are remarkable and beautiful and a lot of the really famous lines that we know about Shakespeare are from those sonnets, but nobody knows that they were sonnets that were written to another guy because they changed the gender. And for 150 years, it's, they made it look like all the sonnets were written to a woman when that wasn't actually the case. You know, something I love about the message that you're putting forth, whether it's, you know, in regards to dealing with people in denial, whether it's just your entire blog, giving people a space to find historical information and new books to read, um, especially your new book. Something that I love about this is that, you know, it's not just specific to the LGBT QIA plus community. This can be generalized to any minority, any person just in search of the truth. And, you know, I love that about your work. I want to commend you on that. Thank um, you. And so I wanted to ask you then, so do you have any, if you had to give any specific pieces of advice to any teens or anybody else out there listening to us, what would it be? I Thank you for asking. And I really feel that if we can think of our role in the world as being an ally to everyone else who's not yet empowered in our culture, I think that that can start to shift the entire conversation. Because I feel like, yeah, I'm the G, I'm gay, I'm the G of LGBTQAI+, but my job is to be an ally to everybody else, all those other letters. But my job is also to be an ally to all those people of color. I'm, I, I, I look white, right? I appear Caucasian. I, I am Caucasian. My parents were from Israel and then their parents before them from Poland and Russia and, and 
uh, Hungary. Um, so I look like a white person. I am a white person in our culture, and I get a lot of privilege for that. But I need to really be thoughtful about the fact that, like, you know, how can I be an ally to people of color? And then also, I'm able-bodied. So how can I be an ally to people that are differently abled? And and it's hard work sometimes, but it's so it changes everything when somebody else stands up for you. So if we can all be that person that stands up for somebody else and you know stops the racial joke or or you know women are put down so much in our culture and if guys stand up and are be like yeah you know what you actually can walk through a crowd without being afraid of sexually harassing a woman or, or, because you're not grabbing her right like it, it it takes all of us to to kind of be responsible for ourselves and and to to recognize that we have agency and we can be empowered to be allies and I feel like if we can all do that, then then we completely outnumber the people who are the jerks in the world. Absolutely. That is preach. That is that is something to live by. And we need to let you know, we need to stop letting those labels divide us and come together. Well, thank you so much, Lee, for this incredible conversation. You know, I just it was eye-opening and it was really I need to take that lighthouse quote down (laughs) unfortunately we are out of time today so listeners make sure to find out more about Lee and his incredible work with the LGBTQIA plus community and on his blog I'm here I'm queer what the hell do I read at leewind.org also follow him on Twitter with the username at leewind and follow be the star you are and express yourself at be the star you are.org I'm Brigitte Gia and I'm Joven Hundel. During the break, be sure to also check out our 501c3 literacy and positive message media charity at bethestarur.org. Be sure to also visit www.expressyourselfteenradio.com for more information about our show. And when we come back, we'll be returning to our discussion on diversity. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. And welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Brigitte Gia on Express Yourself, and today's hour is all about the gift of diversity. 
and I'm Jovan Hundle. In this last segment, we have a special treat for you. Uh, veteran Express Yourself reporter and host Maria Wong's chapter from the forthcoming book, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, will be read. Maria Wong is currently a freshman at UC Berkeley. Student by day and radio host by night, Maria loves to read, write, paint, and spend time with friends and family. Distinguished as a National Hispanic Recognition Program Scholar, Maria hopes to use her writing and voice to influence social change and make the world a better place. Unfortunately, she was not able to appear on the show today, but her chapter will be read in her stead. This is The Gift of Diversity by Maria Wong. Carrying a Ziploc bag of homemade tamales, my family and I rush over to my popo's, grandma's house, where an arrangement of dim sum treats, soy sauce chicken, and steamed rice greets us. Growing up Chinese-Mexican, this is my typical Thanksgiving. Whether it's making tamales with my grandma Rachel, who is Mexican, or celebrating Chinese New Year with my popo, who is Chinese, I am aware of my culturally diverse background. Diversity, however, is far more than just one's ethnicity. As a high school senior, I've written a multitude of college essays. Time and time again, there is one recurring theme, diversity. Whether it's answering the question, how do you define diversity, or what does diversity mean to you, I've come to realize that diversity encompasses so many things, including your experiences, your passions, your values, and your beliefs. For instance, being a Girl Scout for 13 years has fostered my passion for community service. For working at, from working at the Special Olympics to running female empowerment camps for young girls, I've learned that I am passionate about helping those in need. To be diverse is to have varying interests and passions. Serving others and being involved in my community are just a few of my many passions that differentiates me from others. Likewise, I've been able to share my passion for reading by being a radio reporter and host for two years for the international weekly radio broadcast Express Yourself, broadcasting on the Voice America Kids Network. I created my unique radio segment titled Booksmart, where I review books and discuss how they relate to everyday life. I have also been able to learn more about the world around me, through hosting and interviewing a variety of people with ranging interests, experiences, and professions such as authors, UFO (laughs) ufologists, and anime voice (laughs) actors. More importantly, radio has shaped my values and beliefs, and through being a radio host and reporter, I recognize the importance of communicating clearly with others, expressing one's opinions, and interacting with people who have different beliefs and values. All right. Well, that was one brilliant snippet of Maria Wong's chapter. And to be to hear the rest of her wonderful chapter on diversity audience, make sure you are going out and buying uh, Be The Star You Are for Millennials uh, online. And I think that was just a brilliant chapter. With that, however, it is sadly time to say farewell. We are running a bit short on time, so we give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia O'Brien, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Kids crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Jovan Hundle. You've been listening to Express Yourself, an honor global community where teens talk and the world listens. For info on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs, go to our main site at bethestarur.org. And until next week, remember, be kind, embrace diversity, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. 
Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines If you would let yourself go